When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hey, Rossi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you. You're very welcome. I just want to say thank you for making us a part of your day. Well, thanks for the invite. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. (laughs) Not a problem. So I'm going to introduce the show, then we can get on with the interview and everything. Okay. All right. So hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I actually have independent actress, Rossi McCree with us today. Say hello to everyone, Rossi. Hello, everyone. Hi. So how's your day been going? My day's been going really good. Um, That's good. It's uh, pretty hot here in California. We're at a 102, so inside and air conditioning. Hey, there's nothing wrong with AC, I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Uh, But... Um, but my, one of my questions I really wanted to ask you was this. I know that you've been auditioning a lot and everything. And what film have you been auditioning uh, recently? Um, recently, I auditioned for um, a film called Transplanet. Oh, nice. And, um, it's a film that was written by Elizabeth Bynum. Um, she also is directing a short film. It's part of our, um, our film festival here called A Place Called Sacramento. We oh. have it every year. Um, we're going on 20 plus years. It's given out, it's put out by um, Access Sacramento and they pick the top 10 script winners and they put their scripts to a short film. So oh, I that's was pretty um, sweet. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. Um, and I was uh, cast as Jocelyn in Transplanet, which oh, is a nice. movie about um, a family dealing with their daughter's spinal cord injury. Okay, so my question is this. How did you do your research with dealing with and playing with a character like that? Well, you know, what I did was went online. Of course, we Google everything. Um, I Googled uh, spinal cord injuries, um, Shriners Hospital, which is a a big hospital here, well-known here in the Sacramento area. And, um, you know, with a spinal cord injury, their daughter, Haley has the injury and she has a possibility of not walking again but there is a possibility of walking so there's a 50 50 chance that exactly 50 50 chance and so we watch their story take place and that's how i do a lot of my research if i'm not sure about a part um i'll google it and do research that's actually pretty good though i mean i like the fact that you do take your time to actually do your research, learn about how to actually physically play a character that is having that 50, 50 chance of either walking or not walking again. So yes. I do commend you for that. Thank you. And I play the, um, the neighbor, Jocelyn, the main character, Michael and Tanya is played by Alfonso Gonzalez and Venicia uh, Salvedra. I hope I'm saying your, ni- your name right, love. <laughs> They're the main characters. And their daughter, Haley, is played by Mila. Oh, nice. Yes, yes. So my question is this. Is there, like, does it feel like family on the set and everything? Because I know sometimes, you know, 
you guys actually do feel like family because of the fact that you guys are filming for X amount of days and everything. And, you know, usually there's always that friendly environment where, you know, you might actually feel some type of family towards the director or the production. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. We all met each other because of what's going on with COVID. Mm -hmm. We haven't been able to all be on set, but we had a Zoom meeting where we all met each other, had our table read, and you do feel like family. That's great. I I love hearing stories about behind-the-scenes thing where there's no tension on the set, everybody's getting along just fine and everything, because here's the thing. Life is too short for drama. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yes, thank you. You're you're very welcome. And (laughs) I just... (laughs) You know, I just feel like, you know, you know, you guys are all in the same environment together. Everyone should get along. No one's better than the other and stuff like that, you know? And I just feel like, you know, in an environment like that and everything, you have to feel like family. Yes. And here in Sacramento, you know, our film community, what's awesome about it is you end up filming with other people in the community that's in, you know, the acting community, you know. So you film with a lot of new writers, new directors, um, new actors coming up. So you do all end up, you feel like family. It's a small family and we're all working towards the same goal. So I haven't experienced a set that I've been on yet where there's tension and there's, you know, um, jealousy and, I haven't experienced that. Every set I've been on so far has been exactly like you said, family. And we're all working towards the same goal. That's awesome. I'm glad to actually hear hear a positive story like that, you know, because I actually had an independent director on back in October. And he said the same thing, that everybody actually feels like family. And that's what I was kind of wondering, too. Does this feel the same kind of way? I'm just glad that, you know, everybody actually does feel like family. They really do. They really do. Um, another thing, too, was, like, when you're auditioning for a certain role, I mean, do they ever call you back? Because I know sometimes, you know, I've been listening to uh, the Soprano, Talking Sopranos podcast and everything <laughs> about how they got casted into the Sopranos. And the guy, the actor that played Bobby, they said, oh, yeah, and his agent calls him up. He goes, oh, yeah, you knocked it out of the part. You did a really good job and everything. You're done great. Not a single word. <laughs> you, know? you know, that is so true. I mean... You're lucky if you actually get a call back. Even if it's a, you know, you're not right for this part, you're lucky to get that call back. Because normally, if you audition for a part, only the only callbacks I get is if I got it. Once in a blue moon, I may get a call saying, you know, you weren't right for that part. We'd like to work with you maybe later on in the future. But I've gotten used to, if they don't call you, you didn't get the part. And that's the worst, you know, psychologically, mm-hmm. because exactly. then you sit there and you pick apart every little thing that you did. That's how I'm very hard on myself. So I don't know what went wrong. So you have to, right. you know, if you're in this business, you have to get used to reject rejection. And exactly. just, once the part is, you know, you've auditioned for it, it's done, you did your best, you have to move on. That oh, one's definitely. done with. You move on to the next that's how I'm able to deal with the rejection or else you'd be stuck in your head. Where did I go wrong? Because it could be that you just didn't look like that part, that character. Right. Exactly. You and know, sometimes the I, audition right. could have been great. It just wasn't what they were looking for. Exactly. Because yeah. here, here's the thing though. I mean, 
I, I actually talked to uh, the Silvas the other, uh, like a couple of uh, weeks ago and everything, whenever I had them on Kelly Silva and Diego Silva. Okay. And the, the thing that uh, they say, a matter of fact, Diego's actually an Emmy award winning director. Wow. And she's actually an acting coach. And she said the most devastating thing is not getting that call back. Yes. And, and like I said, it's that anxiety of, okay, what did I do wrong? What Did I mess up on this line here? Or did right. I not say my lines right? Was I overacting? Was I doing, you know? Yes, I, yes. And, you know, the hardest thing about being an actor or an actress is criticism. And if you don't know why you didn't get a certain role or whatever, you know, that's going to make you fall flat on your face and everything because you're wondering what you did wrong. And then when you go into the next audition, you're going to be wondering, okay, are these people going to even call me or anything like that? Are they going to tell me what I need to improve on? What uh, and everything and your whole entire thought process and your anxiety just plays tricks on you. It really does. I mean, for me, um, every part I go after, obviously I want that part, but there are some roles where, you know, I really want that part. And when you audition for it and you know, you did a good job and you don't hear back from them for me, you know, I'm stewing on it. I'm stewing on it for a week. I'm wondering where did I go wrong? I'll go back and rewatch the videotape over again. Um, you know, just picking apart everything because you don't, they don't tell you what you could work on. You know, you have to figure right. that out yourself. You know, that's what I'm saying. I got to, you know, let it go. And, you know, if, if I can pick apart my video, which I normally do, I'll pick it apart <laughs> and maybe improve on, you know, something small you know maybe i overacted in this part where i should have pulled back okay i got you i understand yeah. that yeah and you know i matter of fact i remember being in theater class in high school and our our teacher was like this if you can't handle criticism get the hell out because of the right. fact that i'm gonna be hard on you guys i'm gonna push you to the max i'm gonna make you think that you're in theater boot camp <laughs> is what she said <laughs> And she just had this energy about her where she wanted to get the very best from her actors. And even on the, the set, too, when we're doing a production at that time. And I remember doing a monologue where I play this boxer and, you know, and pretty much this boxer is inside the boxing ring having a flashback of his life and how he got to this point right here trying to get to the championship. And all of a sudden, the anger, everything just came out of me and everything. And she just commends me because I blew everybody else out of the water. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. And she goes, now that is acting. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I actually understand where you're coming from with criticism and stuff like that. And how yeah. if you're not hard on some on if you're not the type of person that can actually take criticism, acting is not for you. Is exactly, exactly. Because I mean, I think I heard that um, Brad Pitt got turned down like a thousand times before he heard his first like role. Yes, you know. Right. And I try to keep that in mind because that's Brad Pitt, you know. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna hear, and I've, I mean, I've just gone, um, come off this whole audition spree that I've done for the past couple of weeks. You know, I, there's some roles, you know, um, I didn't get. And the, the person was nice enough to, you know, email me back and let me know. And there's others out there that to be announced. 
Well, that's also a, also a positive, though, whenever it's, like, to be announced kind of thing. At least there's actually some hope there, you know what I mean? At least they're not yeah. bringing you along. So there's, there's how that long, You know, how long do you hold on to that? <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, as the days go by, the weeks go by, you're like, ugh, what happened? Right. It's like that skeleton, you know, that meme with the skeleton on the on the bench at, in the park. And it's like yes. me waiting. Right. <laughs> me waiting on that last hope. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I, 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 I get head. where you're coming from. It's in my head a lot. So that that's me. <laughs> yeah. Most definitely. And, you know, I wanted to ask you this. Like, what is your favorite genre to actually act in? I really like um, drama. I like dramatic movies. Um, I like the emotional roles. I tend to be a dramatic person sometimes. So growing up, um, when I got into middle school and uh, drama was, we were allowed to take a drama class. I really liked the emotional roles. I think every actor wants that really meaty, emotional role to show off your skill. And Most I, definitely. Yeah, and, and that's what I like about drama because, you know, um, you can go all the way up. You know, the range is from here to silence. Exactly. Silence. And not only that, but you, know? you don't even have to, right. Not only that, but you don't even have to say anything. Your eyes and your emotions do everything you for you, too. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I think that, you know, that you're going to actually make it. I think that you're actually going to be a phenomenal actress. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. You do have the, you're very welcome. I do feel like you have that bubbly personality and also that charisma to where you're not, you're going to keep on pumping yourself to where you can actually make it. Thank you. That's so. the goal. The goal is to work from um, the, the, um, to, to let everyone in my town, Sacramento, know me, make a name for myself here and work my way towards mainstream TV. And I really like the way that Hulu and Netflix is going. I love the independent films that they have. And it's, it, it allows you to have another platform other than Hollywood. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know what? You know what's crazy, though? You would never have thought on a million years that we would actually see an actor like Al Pacino on a small screen. Thank you. Play, yes. Playing on an Amazon show for crying yes, out loud. Exactly. Exactly. And it just shows you how much film has changed, how much TV has changed over the years. Yeah. And everything. And it's just phenomenal on how you have big star actors now who back in the 90s and 70s and 80s would never even think about even coming to onto a smaller screen because their money was actually towards big grossing box office numbers. Yes. Yes. You know? It, yes. And I think what's great about, you know, the Hulu, Netflix, you know, you have a lot of the way it used to go, you know, you you are a big star, your star fades out, you get older and they don't want you anymore. You look at Netflix now and you look at Hulu, at least for me, all of those those <laughs> actors that I loved in the late 80s, 90s, early 2000s, who they said were done with, you see them now. Exactly. And there's and they're great. And they're still great. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And I love the fact that they're actually giving indie filmmakers a chance. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. The times are different now. And, and for me, acting is just, there's so many options. 
there, for us there now are a lot of options, you know? Right, exactly. If, every single time that you actually turn on the TV or you look at Variety or whatever, there's always a report about a new streaming uh, site that people need to actually take action on to actually get. Yes, <laughs> yes. And pretty soon, streaming service is just going to be just as much money as DirecTV and everything else. And, you know, that's that's the sad part about it, because it is going right. to eventually get to be like DirecTV was, you know, or, well, was, absolutely, because now, I mean, DirecTV is giving away packages for, like, $10 now, you know, right. I mean, like, <laughs> Netflix and Hulu's killing them, you know? Right. Which is insane, though, but at the same time, it's like, what's the point of having DirecTV when you can have HBO Max now? Man, I don't even have that. I live stream everything through my game box and my Amazon stick. That's okay. it. I just pay for right. my Hulu subscription, my Netflix. Right. Why would I pay for cable? Exactly. And I find that live streaming, I'm watching better TV than I would I would watch with the 100,000 you know, um, channels I would get on, on direct TV. Right. And then you're also cutting out the middle management too, though. You don't have to worry yes. about... Uh, high high rate bills or whatever. You already know what you're paying for. They send you confirmations on when they're going to be jumping up the prices. So therefore, you yep. don't have to worry about calling up tech support or anything. Exactly. And I love that. There's no bill. If I don't want it anymore, I just don't pay for it. Right. No contract, no obligations no contract. or anything like that. Exactly. Exactly. You're not hiding from the phone. You're not you know, telling the kids to tell them mom's not home. Because, you know, they're, they're <laughs> calling about the bill due, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I kind of miss those days, though, of uh, <laughs> oh <my laughs> I'm gosh. a kid doing that. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That. Caller ID? Oh, my gosh. That ruined everything. It did. It definitely did. <laughs> the, no more the free call for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I, I love having HBO Max. I actually have that free since I have DirecTV with HBO and Cinemax. Okay. So. I have HBO and Showtime. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I like that because I actually have that for free. I don't have to pay 13 okay. bucks. So I'm like, okay, I have this streaming service for free. I have Amazon Prime for free because I'm actually, one of my friends is actually gracious enough to allow me to actually use his. <laughs> <laughs> so basically I'm only, basically I'm only paying for Netflix, Hulu, and Disney Plus. There you go. There you go. So, but yeah, most definitely. Uh, I love the fact that in the... Uh, filmmakers are actually getting a chance. Not only that, but even actors and actresses as well are actually getting yes. a chance on a smaller screen, but it's still yes. acting. You know, if it wasn't for, you know, the, the the independent films, the indie films, or who lose your Netflix, I mean, a show like The Ozarks, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what's the, uh, the girl that plays Ruth, Julia Garner? Yeah. You'd never know about her. No. No, you never see not. an actress like that. And because of them, there's so many new faces that are killing it right now. Exactly. And, yes. Oh, and she's just such a great actress, though. Every single time I see her on Ozark, yes. I'm like, okay, what is she going to get herself into this time? What, Every, what, okay, <laughs> we, did you finish the third season? I've, matter of fact, Anthony and I both did a spoiler talk review on the did show. Did you really? Yeah. I'm going to have to send you the link after this so that okay, we can geek okay. out over it. But okay. tell me what you liked about it. Let's, let's oh talk about gosh. that for a minute. <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. We'll start with season one, okay? <laughs> the opening of this 
of course, our beloved uh, Jason Bateman, who seems to play every character and everything that he does. But this one was so surprising because I've never seen him like this before. Same. See, it, when they go with when the when they go down and the, you find out he's laundering money for the cartel, and then they kill the friend, put them in those barrels. Mm-hmm. You're wondering what the hell. Okay, then they move their family to the Ozarks and the show starts. And you meet all the characters. (laughs) It's the, I mean, I was just drawn into it. And then uh, Laura Lenny, oh my gosh, the best. I agree. I agree with that 110% on that. Yes. And you know what, though? You know, you're talking about the barrels and when Jason Bateman is on his knees. Mm-hmm. Begging mm-hmm. for and, he, and you know he's Begging. actually trying and you know for a fact he's just bullshitting <laughs> so yeah. he can stay alive. Thank and you. You're welcome. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I stay hell alive. <laughs> hey, you know that he's just BSing the guy because he just wants to stay alive. <laughs> he doesn't care about his family. All Marty is concerned about is himself. Yes. And so this also told me that no character is safe in this season. And, and, and that's what's so scary is who, you know, you know that he could die. She could right. die. The kid, anybody could die. But, you know, the craziest part really quick is, you know how they show him looking at the um, his uh, laptop? Yeah. And you see him watching the, the video and you don't know that it's actually his wife in the video that he's watching her cheat on him with another right. man. Exactly. You think it's just some porn or whatever that he's trying yes. to hide. Yes. And when you find that out, then the show really is like, what? And then that's also how you know, too, that this marriage is in shambles. Absolutely. Yes. Because of the life that he chose and he's dragging his family down with him. Yes. Because even his daughter's miserable, his son's miserable. And the poor kid. I mean, the poor kid. How many people has he killed already? (laughs) I can't. <laughs> I mean, the poor kid is in this situation. Like suburban kids, gangsters now. Exactly. You took them out of the uh, safe environment of bunnies and rabbits and white picket fences, and then you put them in this environment. It's like, here you go. Here's a gun, kid. Have fun. <laughs> Do yeah, beautiful black, shit, uh, backdrop. The lake. It's all beautiful. The, the the greenery all around you is perfect. But then you have this little this, this little kid that's being turned into a little gangster. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great show. Again, whenever I saw the transformation of the kid, I had goosebumps. You know? Oh my gosh, yes. The, the third season, when you see him again, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I can't wait for season four. I'm wondering I what they're going to do with him. Same here. I'm excited yeah. for it. And like I said, I'm going to go on ahead after I'm get, we get done with this interview. I'm going to send you that link, and then we can geek out and everything about it. Absolutely, yes. Too. That uh, is my thing, yes. Awesome. So my other question is this. How did you know that you wanted to be an actress? Um, I knew when I was probably eight or nine. And first of all, I knew I wanted to be in some form of the entertainment <clears throat> industry. I first wanted to sing. I wanted to be Whitney Houston. I wanted to sing. And I remember sitting in my room, making sure the doors open so that my family could hear me sing. Cause I thought it was great. 
And then my mom told me I wasn't. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. So I moved on and started trying out for like school plays and um, the holiday shows. And once I got on stage, I loved it. And this is coming from a, a, this is a child that was really shy and very quiet. So for me to even get in front of people, big deal. But I like that feeling and I like being watched. So I knew I then wanted to be on stage. I just didn't know if I wanted to be a stage actress or a, you know, a film actress. I gotcha. Because there yes. are two different things. You know? Absolutely. There's way two different things. Yes. And everybody thinks that acting is acting no matter which way you think about it. But no, that's like you have rhythm guitar, for example, yeah. versus just regular guitar work and everything. There's different balances. And that's exactly what acting is. It's different balances on different ways of acting. Yes. 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 And I, um, I learned that when I shot my first because before I, I even got into film, I did do, um, I did a play in my early 20s. Um, I, that's when, in the, during the days when you had to go look in a newspaper, look and see if any plays were going on, any movies being going on, and then you would send headshots through the mail. And so I got cast uh, doing a play. The play was about boxing, and I was the understudy. And the girl who had the part didn't work out, so I got her part and had to learn the part really quick. And we performed it at like Harriet Tubman Middle School. And oh, it nice. was my first. Yeah, it was my first time working. That's when I lived up in Portland, Oregon. So it was my first time working in the community with other actors and some that were had agents, some that didn't. It's a great experience. But through that play, I met a, met a young man named Raymond, and he was writing um, a film, an independent film. And he was like, dude, I'm writing this film, and I have this part. I think it'd be great for you. So when we wrapped on the play, I started to read his script, and I shot a film with him and other actors, and that was the first time I was on film. And I loved the camera. And I knew then, okay, film, that's what I want to do. You see... And get this, I was a shy kid as well when I was a <laughs> little kid as well. But I mm-hmm. knew, too, that I wanted to do something within the entertainment industry as well. And my aunt used to tell me, you need to be a critic whenever you grow up. <laughs> because of the way that I actually analyze movies and stuff like okay. that. And I also want to do acting. So I was like, <laughs> so, you know, down in Mississippi and everything, at that time, we don't have any type of production or anything like that. This is like the 90s. We're okay. just now getting into the whole entire thing where we can, we're actually getting fil- – where people are actually filming now. We're actually having a lot more independent uh, film directors, writers, and stuff like that actually coming out. Where so, are you about in, in Mississippi? I live in the south, uh, south part of Mississippi. I live maybe about an hour away from Biloxi. Okay. I live in um, Jackson, Oh, um, Mississippi. Okay. When I was like 14 years old, we went, me and my sister went to go live with my dad and uh, he lived in Jackson. And this is girls coming from the West Coast going to, um, you know, the East Coast, the South. Right. And uh, yeah, we lived in Jackson for like about six months. We lasted and we had to get the okay. hell out. <laughs> How was that experience for you? With um, it was really, it was different. It was different because we lived in, um, we lived in Kaiser, Oregon at the time, and it was a small town farm. 
um, cold, snow, and then we moved to Mississippi, and we never been to the South, and it was a shock. I mean, <laughs> the 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 the, the um, humid weather. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the the fresh smells of the trees. The I remember that. I remember the trees smelled so fresh, and the air smelled so good. But the heat was exhausting because we got there during the summertime. And oh yeah, that's like the worst time to move. <laughs> Oh, the worst, but it was, it was a different experience. It really was. Okay. I'm happy that I went through it. That's pretty cool though. I, that's cool that you actually moved around and everything. And Oh yeah, we moved, part. moved around a lot growing up. So we, we lived in a lot of different communities Okay, throughout yeah. the United States. <laughs> matter of fact, I'm actually originally from Boston though too. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm actually originally from East Boston, from the east part okay. of uh, Massachusetts. Okay. But, yeah, so I actually understand where you're coming from with moving around and everything yeah. and then coming down to a warmer climate. So, yes. actually, yes. But another thing, too, is, like, like I mentioned before, I remember my aunt, too, saying that I, you need to be a critic. At that time, there was no YouTube. There was nothing there. I'm like, how am I going to do that? <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. And so I don't, and I'm like, how exactly do you go to school to be a critic? <laughs> so, yeah, what do you time. do? Right. So, let's see. Another thing I want to ask you was like, what motivates you to do what you do? You know, my motivation comes from landing the job, from the audition, killed it. Um, I'm filmed, I've wrapped, I've given the director what he's looking for. And once I get done, I have this, 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 this feeling of completion and I reach the goal. It makes me want to go after the next and then, you know, do it again and do it again to reach that ultimate goal. That feeling is everything. Most definitely. Yeah, and going after something, achieving it. Yes, that makes you want to go and continue to do it. Exactly. And that's also why I do this, too, is it motivates me because this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Know? So I can relate to what you're saying, because, you know, you want to put you, when you put in 110 percent of what, of yourself into something, you want to get results out of it. And that motivates you to do even more and work. Yes. Harder. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And a matter of fact, too, everybody thinks that you're going to end up starting on the very top when you become an actor or actress and everything. I'm like, no, Matthew McConaughey mm. ha- had to actually start from the very bottom. Yes. And everything like rom-coms. That was all he played in. If you actually look at his filmography, that's all the guy played in was rom-coms. It TV was like the very first movie that I actually watched Matthew McConaughey in. But I told them, I said, look, you don't start from a job and go from the top. You have to go from the bottom and work your way up to the top. Yes. No and shortcuts. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's no shortcuts no in life. <laughs> no, none whatsoever. There's no hookups. There's no shortcuts. And I mean, I've sat on a lot of sets being an extra. You sit for hours, mm-hmm. but it feels good when you're on the set because that's what you want to do, especially when you can get on a big set where they're doing a big budget film and getting to see how that works. That's a lot of work to sit there as an extra all day waiting to be called to set. But it's so exciting to see actors, you know, doing what they do, especially actors that you've seen on TV. 
you just take in everything. But you do have to start off at the bottom. Yes. And it feels good when you reach a goal where you look back and say, that's where I was and look where I'm at now. That's a big exactly. deal. Yeah. Exactly. Make sure you go and continue to see how, how much further can I get now, you know? Right on. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, too, is, like, you can actually go back and rewatch the film that you were in and be like, you know what? This is where I was at this one point in time and wondering if this was gonna, if I was going to actually make it all the way to the top. And yeah. just look at me now. Uh, look what I've accomplished. Yes. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, that When I first started out a few years ago, I started out on a student film at Cal State. And I was so happy to get that part and so excited. It was my first film back into the, you know, into acting. And I, I just remember it, it was everything. And then my goal was okay, I want to be able to work for a brand company. So last year, I booked my first job with Sutter Health. And Sutter Health here in California, it's a huge hospital. It's everything. That's like a job you want. And to reach that goal and to have audition for them, get the call back and film with them, that was like the hype. Exactly. I, I yeah. can imagine the I can imagine the cloud nine that you were on during that time. Oh my gosh, I was on such a cloud nine because I mean, that was the first time I got a, like a script like this script had monologues in it, and I had to play a patient, so we had to use a lot of um, um, terminology, hospital doctor right. talk, for lack of better words, and I'm looking at words <laughs> like. Googling words, what is that? What is this procedure? So I know exactly what I'm talking about. But to get through those monologues and to get there and know that I prepped every single day and I did it. Six pages. Okay, I'm yeah. good. I'm, I, I've, I've reached where I want it to go at that point. That's you know, great. I can, I can do this. I commend you for that. That's that's big accomplishment. You're Thank definitely you. courageous with that. You're, you're very you. welcome. Thank you. Very, very intimidating. Welcome. Um, also too, I mean, I know there, do you ever do it like any improvisation or anything like that? Or do you yeah, just go? absolutely. Um, I did a lot of that in, um, middle school drama class all the way up to high school, but a few about, I probably was last year. Um, we have a film challenge up here called the 48 hour film challenge. Yeah. 48 hours to, to write, shoot the film, all that. And so I'd never gone to one of those meetings and I decided to go to it. Didn't know what I had to do. Well, in the middle of the meeting, you have to improv. And I'm sitting back in the audience like, oh, my God, I'm scared. Because remember, I'm, I'm shy. I'm quiet. <laughs> All these people are there and they break us up into groups. The first group goes, and I'm just, my heart's beating fast. I'm like, oh my God. But once I get up there, you give me the topic. Dude, we were, it was awesome. That's it was great. awesome. And we just had to improv. So yeah, I, I, I like improv, and I, I really do. Same here as well. I love doing the improv stuff. I love coming out with some ideas of my own on how, yes. to, even if I don't have props, I have a way of actually making a prop without even having a prop. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, I love improvisi improvisation, you know, it just gives you your imagination a chance to actually work. 
Yeah. And it's yeah. also good to find directors that will actually allow you to have the freedom and room to do what you want to do. And it might actually I, benefit yeah. the role. I love working with directors that will let you not have to stick to the script exactly. Do what you feel this character would do normally. And for me, that's a, day, a great day on set for me. Because if a director allows me to play with the character, go off script a little bit, you got the best performance out of me. You've made me feel comfortable. I'm not looking at that as I have to say it word by word. I get to do the character and play the character like I think that character should be played. Exactly. Because you're no yeah. longer Rossi. You're now officially that character. Exactly. And, and just let me do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And another thing, too, is like, I was like, this goes back to the uh, Sopranos podcasting that I was listening to because I actually learned a lot about stuff on how they actually had an audition. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Christopher, the guy who plays Christopher Montesanti, said was this. He said, fear is something that I love because whenever I'm acting and auditioning because of the fact that I have that fear, it amps me up even more to even do a better job at my job and try and win the director over into giving me that part. So do you actually feel that way whenever you're auditioning where it's like, I'm scared, but I'm going to go on ahead and give this my all, my 100%, and I'm not going to worry about anything? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, fear drives me. I'm scared. I mean, if, if it's, you know, I had an audition where we had to audition at this cafe I didn't know it was a cafe. I had the address, but when I got there, I realized it was a cafe. And in this cafe was a stage, okay? And so I'm getting in there. It's a full house, and we're auditioning on camera in this coffee shop. I was so nervous, I couldn't even write my name. I I, I was shaking nervous because I had to do my monologue. And that fear, when they called my name, <laughs> my palms were sweating. But I got up on that stage and was that character and killed it. That's awesome. That's always a great feeling to actually that know that the, you did it. Yeah, and when you're done and you're like, I got through it. I did, and it was good. Everyone's like, you know, pats on the back, good job. Your adrenaline's rushing. I'm just like, mm-hmm. that's everything for me. Like, I'm just hyped. I'm hyped. I love that feeling, actually. That's that's fantastic. I'm glad to actually know that you actually feel that way when you're coming out of something like that and having yes. yourself so psyched up and so pumped up with with you just being excited and everything and knowing for a fact that you gave it your all. That's just yes. awesome. Yes. Thank you. Yes. You're very welcome. Um, my other question is this. When it comes down to directors, uh, and I always ask this question because I always find this fascinating. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to directors, how do they get the best performance out of you? The best way, well, I'll go back to the being able to take the character and do what I want to do with the character, mm-hmm. which means if I want to go off script and ad lib, I can go off script and ad lib. Um, I worked with a group called uh, Mind Mel Studios, my CE course, and we were shooting a sexual harassment video. And so they give you a topic. And you're able to go and play around with that topic. And it was an office setting. Allowing me to play around with the topic and do what I want. We had the, we had the best shots 
we the, it, the shoot went faster than it was supposed to. We got out of there earlier than we were supposed to because when you let someone play with a character and go off scripts, oh my gosh, from all the actors, you get a great performance. We're all comfortable. We're all working great together. To me, exactly. that's a great director. That's the best set to be on. Most definitely, because yes. you're giving your all, the director's getting getting it all, no one's phoning it in or anything like that. No, nope, we're all feel- vibing. Exactly. Yeah. If everybody's vibing, it's going to work out great. <laughs> and it's real. It looks real. That's what I love. I love yeah. whenever scenes actually look real and feel real, yes. opposed to something that looks just secondary. Exactly. So that that's something that I really, and you can even tell whenever somebody's acting or whatever that, you know, it feels more secondary than it does primary. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, you know, I'm just glad that you're having a great experience and you're having the time of your life with doing what you love doing. I really am. And don't get me wrong. I have those days. I've had some auditions <laughs> where I'm like, oh my gosh, what what was that? You know, you're not getting a call back that performance. I mean, I've had those bad auditions head in hand. What was I thinking? You know, so, you know, but you, you learn from that and you do better. You make sure you don't have too many of those head in head moments, but I have. My question is this, do you ever, when you feel like that, you totally bombed that audition and they give you that call. Do you ever get like a call saying, Hey, look, you did a really good job with that audition, even though you actually feel like that you bombed it. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Shocked. Shocked. I'm like, what the? Like, really? And and I even had someone say, you were just as good as my um, acting coach. What? What? Are what? you lying to me right now? I'm shocked. Yes, that does happen where I'm, I, I thought I did a really horrible job and I'm, you know, whining about it. And then I get a call and I'm like, wow. Okay, um, I'm I'm a little too hard on myself. Exactly, because there is such thing as you know, because we're all our own worst critic when it comes down to certain things, you know. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I believe that actually happens to everybody. Where it's like, okay, I'm being too hard on myself. I need to take a breather, Musa, <laughs> and <laughs> and just meditate. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's me all day. That's me. Right. And you know that. Uh, this actually leads me up to my next question, though. What would, when it comes to auditions, what would be the hardest thing to do do when auditioning? The hardest thing for me to do is um to go on a cold read. You know, I like to audition when you know they send the script to you mm-hmm. a few days before the audition. You're able to get to know that character, practice, memorize the lines. A cold audition, going into the audition and getting the script. That day, that moment, and you have a few minutes to get it together. Oh, my gosh. Those are the worst. The worst. I mean, stomach and knots. It, that, that's, that's the worst audition. I mean, I'm getting better, but still, to know that it's a cold read, frightening. You see, I never heard of a cold read before. That's actually new to me up on something that's actually a cold read before. I heard of closed auditions, open auditions. But I never heard of a cold read audition. Yeah, a cold read is, you know, you audition for the part um, and they don't give you the character right then and they don't send you the, the description of the character. When uh, you go to the audition, you then get the script. 
So you have a few minutes to look at that script, get it together. And depending on what number you are when you got into the audition room, you know, hopefully you were the fifth person so that at least you have that much time to read up on the script. But right. yeah, cold reads, yeah, those are those tend to be a little hard for me. I, I tend to need a little more time to get get to know the character. Most definitely. To give a really good audition because you're already nervous as it is. And then to go in and, and then be like, here's the script. Uh, right. You pretty much be like uh, Robert Downey Jr. from uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, if you think <laughs> about it. You know, where he goes in, he's trying to escape from the cops. <laughs> and the next thing you know, he's auditioning for uh, for a movie that he didn't even mean to be an actor in. <laughs> wow, what a throwback. Yeah, I, I love what that movie, throwback. though. It, it's such an underrated uh, James Black film. <laughs> Thank you. I do appreciate it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You reached way back for that one. Yeah. It's in my wheelhouse but somewhere yes, up in my it, head. Exactly. <laughs> Just like that. Exactly. Yes. Uh, another thing too, though, um, did you have to do any type of acting classes before you started auditioning? And another thing too, I didn't put this one in my notes, mm-hmm. but dialogue coaching, when it comes down to different accents and stuff like that, did you ever have to do a role for different accents? I haven't had to do a role for different accents, but I have had someone reach out to me, which I didn't know it was a thing dialogue coaching. I, I had a woman reach out and was like, oh, I train actors to do different, you know, um, dialects and, and, and or, or accents. And, you know, if you like to take my class, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know it was a thing. I haven't had to do that um, quite yet. What was the other question? I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. But even I didn't even know that there was actually a dialogue coach either yeah. up until I actually interviewed uh, the acting teacher. Uh, Kelly and her husband and everything. I didn't know that there was like two different things. I thought acting coach, acting coach does both, but you know, I didn't know there was a separate entity at that time. I didn't, I didn't. And okay. The, the question was that I have to attend, you know, you don't have to, I did when I decided that I wanted to be serious about acting, Mm -hmm. I did reach out and um, go to a class an acting class. It was a TV film on camera class. And I went to that class. It was the best thing that I did. It was for eight weeks. Um, Karen Laveau, she was the best teacher. There's so much that you think you know that you don't know. Like you said earlier, people think acting is just getting up there and you just ask. It is so much more than that. It's mental. It's feeling. It's so much more. And she taught me that. So I would suggest anyone, yes, get into acting classes. And even if you're a... um, an experienced actor, you want to continue to take classes from new teachers to learn new methods of acting. Most definitely, because I find, you know, yeah, just because you graduated from a certain class or whatever does not mean that you can go back later on and try and learn something new from what you didn't learn yes. before. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. And, you know, yeah, different techniques they change and then there's a new technique and you didn't know about it and that's what they were doing. So yeah, you want to keep up on it and classes can be really expensive. I've learned to go to YouTube now that we have YouTube, you know, (laughs) you can literally go to YouTube and go to some of these coaches and do classes off from YouTube. Oh, that's pretty awesome. I didn't know. Yes. There are ways to 
go around going and in, getting into an acting class until you save up the money to go. There are ways for you to learn acting. You see, I didn't know about the YouTube acting class thing. So that's yeah, actually you something. Can, you can search up, you know, different coaches mm-hmm. and they'll, you know, you can follow them and they'll give you techniques or, you know, they'll have um, um, meetings. And yeah, I learned all this about a year ago. Oh, wow. That's actually yeah, pretty I didn't interesting. Know. I didn't okay. know. I'm going to have to check that out then. Yes. Th- uh, another thing, too, is that I was just wondering about what are some of the smaller films that you have been in? Um, a, the smallest film I've been in um, was the film that I shot with the um, the students, the student film. Um, we shot that after school at Sac State, the Sacramento campus. Um, it, it was for their their final project. And that was the smallest one that I've ever been on. The movie was called, it was a short film called Absence. And uh, it was the first film I did back in 2017. It was a great experience uh, helping the students, working with the students. Like I said, getting that call and being cast was everything to me. Um, The next short film I worked on, I was a featured extra on this um, film called Matt Genius. It was a kid's film, and it was also featured in our uh, festival, a place called Sacramento. They actually won, the, the director, Dwight Taylor, actually won a couple of awards for that film. This film was great. It was a kid's film. The leads were kids, and I played a zombie. <laughs> That's great. So, I love zombies you know, anyways, too. It was so, I, I love The Walking Dead, so it was Me so too. much fun to be put into the makeup. Um, it was a great experience. It was a small film. We shot at a community center. Oh, nice. I, I yeah. like the fact that you were able to do something like that with us. Oh, yeah. People. And, you know, um, another thing, too, is like, I want to go on ahead and talk about this for uh, for a minute, though, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh McCuga, this is actually a guy I don't know if you've ever heard of Eating History. No, before. no. Well, anyways, uh, he was actually on the Spose No show before it actually got noticed and went into the History Channel because he was a huge history buff. And, you know, the funny thing is he was actually an extra on an Anne Hathaway movie. Okay. And you know how you had to wait hours upon hours for the actor to actually show up? Yes. And everybody's always saying, oh, how nice she is and everything else. His experience with her was he told everyone that it was just really bad experience with her because it's like, look at me, I'm in Hathaway. Really? <laughs> and everything. Yeah, that's what uh, he got out of it and everything because of her mm-hmm. attitude and everything. She was also late on the set. It was, he said it was just bad. <laughs> wow. And I would never yeah. expect that. <laughs> yeah, I've been on. Um... I was in a lifetime film, but I, I was an extra. I was like in an airport scene. And that's the first time I learned about the cutting, the the editing floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I literally wait throughout this whole movie, watch the credits and never saw me in the film. But the, the, the people on the set, Ron Silver, I think one of their names, I, I can't remember their names. I don't want to call their names, but it was a lifetime movie called mm. uh, Love is Strange. And it was a big film at the time, shot up in Portland, Oregon. And I remember us being on set and the professional actors coming on. These people were thankful. Thank the, the, the cast, thank crew, thank all the extras for being there. They were on time. I mean, 
it was so professional and it wasn't what I, because I thought it would be a lot of Hollywood. You know what I mean? Right. No, it was a totally different experience for me. It seems like when you think it's going to go one way, when you think of people one way, it goes into the opposite of what you thought True. and everything. Yes. And that is so rewarding whenever it's not what you thought it was going to be. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because I'm guilty of that myself. And, you know, as soon as I'm oh, like, okay, so that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so, you know, so. Yeah, I always show up with preconceived ideas of how it's going to be and are they going to be rude? Are they going to be like, uh, you know, extras? You know what I mean? Like, right. no, so far it hasn't been that. That's great. That, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, another thing, too, is I know that you love dramas, but what are some of your favorite drama movies that you like watching or you can actually pop, pop in a DVD or a Blu-ray and actually enjoy? Oh, goodness. Um, my favorite movie that I really like, and it's a recent one, I loved... Um, well, it's not a reason. I guess I'll start with the oldest one. I love the movie Waiting to Exhale. That's like one of my all-time favorite movies, girlfriend movies. <laughs> Angela Bassett, you know, Loretta Devine, late Whitney Houston. Huh? Seen it so many times, still got it on DVD. Watch it on Sundays when I have quiet time to myself. I loved um, Scarface. Oh, I love oh. the was. Oh, my gosh. I've seen it. I mean, I'm sure... Hundreds of times, you've probably seen it too. Mm-hmm. Always knew I'll... each time I watch it. Love that one. Um, oh gosh, what's another one? Um, oh, what's the other one? The gangster movie. Um, Amer- oh, American- I love the Training Day. Training Day. That's another one of my top favorite films. Training Day. And Training Girl Day Girl. is right. <laughs> Wasn't it the best? It was. And then you have a, char- a character like Ethan Hawke who's trying to do something noble. And then Denzel can actually get under your skin. Yes. Movie. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, it was a ride. It was an absolute ride. And then I recently finally saw, and I know I'm a little late, but uh, what, Bond Girl. Oh, Bond Girl is great. Right? Oh, my gosh. I saw that probably a couple of months ago. Finally got to see it. I cannot believe that that girl was alive. Same here as well. That just goes to show you how evil she actually was. Really? Yes. Do that. But also, too, he's not good himself. So you have two bad people that you're actually. (laughs) It's like usually you don't like him. Right. But you know, he didn't. You're like, I mean, of course, at first you're like, oh, my God, he killed her. He, He killed this woman. But then when you, you know, go through the film and find out, oh, she did this? Best twist. Yeah. It was really good. It was a really, it really good was. film. It was a brilliant film. Ben Affleck at his best. Yes. And everything. And also, too, uh, Tyler Perry was in that movie. Yes, he was. He, yes, he was. And my favorite line that he says is, y'all are both fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was my favorite line. It was like he had a Medea moment. And he and wasn't you know, even playing Medea. He you know, so many big films, you see Tyler Perry. Small part, you know. Small right. part, you know. I love here recently how he's, you know, a, a um a social worker or you know, like this this little small part that you weren't expecting Tyler Perry to be in that movie. I was not expecting him. Me either. I, it seems like whenever you least expect it, he's there. And there he, yes. He was actually in the Star Trek movie in the 2009 reboot. 
Was he really? Yeah, he was just playing like a councilman. See, is, uh, see, <laughs> see what I mean? He always pops in. He's playing some type of state worker or government worker. But yeah, you know, right. yeah, <laughs> freaking Tyler Perry, man. Exactly. But just that line <laughs> alone made me think of Medea. I'm like, yeah, you had a Medea moment, dude. <laughs> you see Medea. You see Medea. Exactly. And by the way, side note, I hate that he killed her off. But anyways, yeah. Me too. Yeah. But, you know, I just love what he's doing with his production company and stuff like that, too. Amazing. Amazing. I can't believe he did that. Me either. I love seeing underdogs like him coming from nothing and then building something. That's just huge. He gives you inspiration. Like, look where he came from and where he's at. Those are the people I look up to. You know, if he could do it from where he was at, you know you can do it. You know you can. You know, yes. He's big inspiration. You know, one of the directors, writers, I'd love to work for one day. You know what? Speaking of inspirations, I was just wondering, what is the actor or actress that actually inspires you? I would have to say Angela Bassett. She is a um, great actress. She is great. Um, watching her and, like I said, waiting to exhale, I was, I was gripped. I was. She's, she's drama. She's emotion. You know what I mean? She's all of that. And you see it in her power, in her characters. That's who I aspire to be. That's awesome. I'm to be that you're... great. To be that great. Angela Bassett is a great actress. I mean, yes, hands down. Yes, she is. She's a phenomenal actress. Yes. And I would have to also say I go back to Laura Lenny. Um, she's oh, brilliant yeah. in the Ozarks. And I love Laura Lenny because she is one of those actresses that can convey so much just by a look her eye can move a certain way and you get it she can give a laugh and you get it you know she's a range of emotions and she plays it so well so i have mad respect for laura lenny same here as well because even when there's this look that she gets when marty (laughs) pisses her off it's like well you just shut the hell up kind of look yes yes or when she's up to something. Exactly. And she has an idea. Right. And then yeah. she just and then we just go along for the ride and everything. It, yes. Yes. So that, the whole setup that she did last season, you know, that whole last season was her. I'm glad that they actually gave Ruth more things to do. You know? Yes. Because I felt like in the first two seasons she didn't really have a lot to do. Yeah, you know? I, I, yeah, this the the second season, but definitely the third season, she really shined in the third season. Most definitely, and I'm glad that the creators are like, you know what, we see a star here, we see people that love the Ruth character, we're gonna give you the spotlight and put Marty behind uh, the curtain for a minute and let you shine while he's busy doing something. Exactly, exactly. You know, the first time I saw her, um, Julia Garner was in a film called We Are What We Eat. I heard of that film. I never got Um, around to seeing that. You have got to see that film. She, curly hair, it's Ruth, younger, 
but her acting. When I saw her in that, I'm like, well, I, I'm going to see her again in something else. And what do you know? She's in Ozarks. What? That, that's amazing. I, I, I love seeing someone that went from th- that movie into doing what she's doing now. Yes. So yeah, and we will see a lot more of her. A lot more of her. So. Um, my last question I have for you is, what are some of your favorite moments of working on a set? My f- favorite moment would have to be working with um, the the my CE Corps, Mind Mill Studios. They're the guys that are shooting the sexual harassment video and other commercials for the state of California to implement new laws and to include, you know, um, LGBTQ and, you know, uh, trans people into the whole umbrella of sexual harassment and bringing a light to the fact that they're sexually harassed, dude. They just don't say Mm -hmm. anything because there's so much that they're carrying on their shoulders. Right. Working for them, shooting that video was the best because I love when I'm able to be a teaching tool. My acting then becomes a teaching tool. And that has to be the best thing with acting for me is when you can use it to teach someone. Most definitely. That was one of the biggest moments, proudest moments on set. That I commend you for I, I commend you for wanting to be some light into the into those people's lives, you know, because they actually yeah. do need people to support them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yes. people also forget that they're they're human beings. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's the thing. We're human beings and everything, and they shouldn't be treated anything less than that. You know what I'm saying? And people just want to live. Like people and, just exactly. want to live. And what is it taking away from you? Exactly. What, you know what they want. Like, I don't get what, wh- why is that a problem? How is that exactly. affecting you? Like, it's, really, why does that make you mad? Right. I yeah, agree. everyone should have equality. Whether you agree with it or not, everyone right. should be able to have equality and live life, their life, the way that they want to, because you only right. live once. They shouldn't exactly. have to live by how you feel they should live. They Your should be able to live their life right. the way that they want to, like I'm able to. Right. Not according to your code of conduct, but according to what what's normal, you know? Right. It's ridiculous. Exactly. And you know what? I always say this. What exactly is normal? What may be normal to you may not be normal to somebody else. Yes. And everyone needs to understand that. Yes. And normal is just a setting on a dryer. Thank you. That's (laughs) that's the best. I like that. I like that. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's really good but yes that's what normal is a setting on the dryer yes so that's the only type of normalcy that I actually see whenever I press that that's on my dryer it. everything else is just people out living their lives and you would think with COVID and everything that's going on right. we would wake up and just see that leave folks alone and let them live their life Right, because they're not bothering anybody or anything like that, you know? Nothing, nothing, not bothering anyone, just want to live their life. That's exactly. it, and I would not want to trade places with them. That has to be a lot to deal with. Right, because think of it like this. Step one was coming out of out of their shell, talking to yeah. their parents about it. 
Yes. That was a weight off their shoulder. Like, okay, yes. I got over this climb. Now I have to try and fit in with the work field. Yeah, and oh my gosh. And yeah. try and fit in that way. And yeah. and some people are accepted to it. Some people are not. And some people, are, yeah, are angry about it. Just right. angry. Don't want to work with them. Don't want to. That, that is a human being. Exactly. And the last time I checked, as long as it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? As long as it doesn't ruin, they're doing something on their, with their career or whatever, that's going to ruin their career. Who cares? Exactly. You know? Yeah. And that's also right. And a matter of fact, I remember having a gay music teacher and they're like, I don't want my kid to be taught by a gay person. I'm like, why? I was like, that's crazy though. Right. Right. I said, this is me as a seventh or eighth grader and everything. I'm actually more mature. And I said this, I said, why? She's a human being. She's teaching us a lesson. Unless she's coming on to one of the students or jeopardizing her job and it's causing a problem within that, I can see a problem. But she's doing her job. She's doing what she has to do. Leave the woman alone. Exactly. She's got something to teach us. She's got something that she knows that's going to teach us. Right. And just because, you know, what's the problem? Exactly. Everybody lives under a rock where, oh, if somebody like if someone was gay or transsexual that actually touched somebody, what are they going to they're not going to carry a you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, now I'm gay now or anything like that. You know, what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just like a, a, a white person that's racist and they right. don't want, you know, it's the the old stereotype of the white person that's racist who say who says, if I have a heart attack, I don't want a black person to give me CPR. I promise you, my black is not going to come off on you. I promise you. I promise <laughs> right. you, if I touch you, you're not going to have, it's, it's not going to rub off on you. Well, not only that, but how are they going to even know in the first place? They're going to be unconscious. Right. You're going to be thankful somebody put their lips to yours and exactly, you and saved your life. life. So be, be thankful. But let's, let's stop worrying about this stuff that's ridiculous. Exactly. We all yeah. bleed the same. We, and, yeah, we're all going to die. We all bleed the same. And uh, it's one world, one life, and we all need to live and be left alone, live in peace, and be happy. Most definitely. Yeah. But, you know, I know that this is getting towards the end of our interview and everything, but I just want to say this has been a great interview and everything. I, ha- I, I had a blast just talking with you. Thank you. Same here. Um, My first podcast, I was really nervous. Thanks for making me feel comfortable, inviting me on your podcast, and I look forward to coming back on again. Oh, most definitely. I always invite my guests to come back on if they want to do movie news segments with me, movie reviews, stuff like that. As a matter of fact, I'm actually revisiting some older movies since this coronavirus mess is happening. (laughs) So, (laughs) so... It's like, okay, what do I do? So I turned into like the Chris, so I pretty much turned into Chris Stuckman, where I'm like, well, I, I guess I'll put on Ch- Kazam and see how that goes. Oh my gosh. Are you Shazam? Shazam. Yeah, Shazam, not Kazam. I always got confused. I always call them their cousins. Uh- <laughs> but believe it or not, I tortured myself watching that movie with Shaquille O'Neal. We, I'm telling you, I uh, haven't seen it, and um, but I saw the pictures. I saw the pictures. I can't do it. I can't oh. do it. I can't. It was, I, I give you props for sitting there, and re- you're going to review it. I already did. I, did I you myself. It? Yeah. 
<laughs> it was like, as a matter of fact, it was like a Riding with John podcast episode because sometimes in my car, I'll go on ahead and do a Riding with John episode as I'm driving. Okay. I'll just record and I'll just talk. <laughs> and. <laughs> I mean, Shazam at all. Not like Mike, not, you know, Shazam. Right. Not Kazam, but Shazam. Well, yeah. If if you <laughs> review his CD next, then. I need, I didn't know he came up with a CD. Oh my gosh. I'm way too old. Look up well, his... tape. Okay. I'm going to have to look that Rats. up because if it's just as bad as Joe Pesci trying to rap in the 90s, I don't want to touch it. You know, he was better than Joe Pesci. And he did have one song on there that I did like called My Biological Didn't Bother. Um, okay. But you got to pull up Shaq's rap tape. Okay. You, you, really, you really got to. Well, that's the same thing with uh, that movie that I mentioned. He actually raps in that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. The rapping is just so bad. You're going to make me watch that movie. <laughs> Either that or you could just listen to my podcast of me going, yeah, it was a great movie. <laughs> I cannot wait not to watch that again on Disney+. Plus. Oh, my God. <laughs> I give it to you. I give you claps on that one. And the bad thing is, I actually had the Shazam t-shirt when I was a kid. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, because I like Shaq. As a basketball player, I also like MJ too. I like Michael Jordan as well because I grew up in that era. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I had a Shazam t-shirt. I'm like, I- I'm watching it. I'm, I think this movie's going to be great when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm just... Hey, did you have and... the Shaq uh, shoes? No, I didn't have, thank God for that. No, no, I didn't have the Shaq shoes. <laughs> I didn't go that far. But I remember as a kid, I'm shoving popcorn in my face and everything. I'm like, this is going to be great. And all of a sudden, I stopped eating my popcorn after 15 minutes. I'm like, I'm like, this is not so great. Oh my gosh, I can see you right now. I can see you sitting there eating popcorn, thinking you' about to watch a blockbuster. Right, this is going to be great. I got my hero in here. I got my check, Gil O'Neill, Shazam mm-hmm. T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. That's a shame. And all of a sudden, right. That's and a all shame. of a sudden. Then he spoke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if you like that, please. Okay, not only that, just pull the video of Shaq's take. Pull it up on YouTube when you watch like the video. My biological didn't bother. That one was good, but pull up the other song. I'm telling you, you're gonna die. And and yeah, well, you don't probably don't have the t-shirt. I was gonna say, put the t-shirt on when you watch the video. I don't even fit no more. Get the popcorn. I promise you, you're going to be sending me a text saying, OMG, Ross. <laughs> OMG, yeah. Okay, I'll definitely hit that up. Wait, okay, Ross. all right. Um, another thing, though, too, is Joe Pesci actually did come up with another album recently. He really but is was, doing music, really? Yeah, but it's more of a blue uh, jazz album than anything. How is it? Did you listen to it? Do you, have you heard anything? I, yeah, I actually bought it on iTunes. It was actually pretty good. Hey, <laughs> I'm a Joe Pesci fan, okay? I grew up with Goodfellas and everything. Love, yes, I, yes. My cousin Vinny, so, of course. Yes. Yes, Dude, I get you. Yeah. I love him as an actor. Right. Me I too. can't even judge him on the music, so I won't say that. It's just funny to me 
that Joe Pesci has albums out that I didn't know about. Yeah, in the 90s, he actually did a, he was trying to pursue a, a career in rapping. Really? How did I miss that? To be honest with you, I didn't know that up until Rolling Stone came out with the interview <laughs> that he did. Because here's the thing, Rolling Stone came out with the interview when Joe Pesci was making uh, that Irishman movie, and he oh, also yeah. made the and he at that same time he's also releasing a jazz album, what? and they actually talked about him doing a rap album. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> exactly. So I actually went on my Apple uh, I iTunes store. And I was like, uh, and they said it was terrible. I'm like, how bad could it be? It's so Pesci. <laughs> How bad can it be? Right. I'm like, how bad could this thing be? I used to hear hear him have f bombs all the time on Goodfellas and Casino. I'm I'm used to this. Oh my god! So I listened to a couple examples. Like my soul was just carried away, (laughs) and a baby angel fell down and told me, "Do not listen to another Joe Pesci rap album." Oh my god, I'm gonna so YouTube that tonight. As soon as we're done, I'm YouTubing that. All right, let me know what you think about that. I'm I'm going to. I'm going to. to. Yes. So, out of curiosity, (laughs) yes. um, Where can everybody reach you at? Okay, um, they can reach me at Instagram. um, Rossi. Oh, no, it's not Rossi. I'm sorry. Instagram. McCree123 at Instagram.com. And you can reach me on um, Facebook at um, www.facebook slash RossiLynn.com. And what else? And I'm also on on, uh, LinkedIn, Rossi McCree. Okay. Okay. Yes. And everybody can reach me on Twitter at John DeGregorio and at Movie Lovers and TV Lovers Unit because it won't let me allow to have the E in there, so it's just now movie lovers unit. Okay, which sounds totally okay. bad. Okay. Um, then on Instagram, you can actually meet. Uh, actually, you can go on ahead and follow me there at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite, and on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite, and John De Gregorio on Facebook as well. And you can actually catch me on my podcast on Anchor and all the other platforms for podcasting apple podcast google podcast spotify and tomorrow i'm actually going to be talking about top 10 things that actually piss us off at the movie theaters awesome so so that's what i'm going to be talking about tomorrow with one of my guests so thank you again for being on and it has been a great interview and thank you so much you're very welcome and until next time until next time have a beautiful weekend bye-bye you too